0: Hi, this is angie meadows and this is the rocker recovery
1: this is josh baum with rocker recovery
0: and today we're an enablers journey at christian perspective we're on chapter two and we're going to profile enablers so josh we have the primary enabler of which I have been. I've actually been almost all of these enablers. Hmm. But when I was writing this book, I realized that there is a big paradigm in the family. The whole family is sick. And so we'll have the person with substance use disorder who will have a primary enabler, and then we'll have a co-enabler, and then we'll have sympathetic enablers. We'll have entangled co-enablers, detached co-enablers, and unsuspecting mm-hmm. Enablers, And we're going to talk about each one of these and we're going to profile them and what they look like to keep the one with substance use disorder propped up. So start right there.
1: When you disengage from the chaos of toxic relationships, you will be considered the enemy.
0: Yeah. When I decided to stop being the primary enabler, well, I became a co-enabler for a while, I became a a sympathetic enabler, then I was kind of a detached one, then I was kind of an entangled one. (laughs) And before I knew it, I had to just like, okay, I can't do this anymore, guys. And when I did that, um, the primary enabler turned everyone against me and my family, and it's probably been a decade. And the only one that I've got back is, was is the one with substance use disorder which realized that everything else fell apart <laughs> and they're sober yeah. <laughs> so I had to be the first one that stepped out but when you step away from those that are enabling and you leave a person with substance use disorder to have their own consequences you're really considered the enemy
1: yeah definitely.
0: so dealing with other enablers when you stop enabling here's what to do
1: the whole family may dive in and enable the individual with substance abuse disorder, except to be accused of being uncaring and cold-hearted. You are only valuable if you can be used and manipulated.
0: Mm, so the whole family's sick.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. the person with substance abuse disorder may slander and destroy your character, exaggerate your past failures, and slip the meaning, flip the meaning of your words.
0: Yeah, so before you know it, all of a sudden, you're being called into question, and you were in their crosshairs, and you're the problem.
1: Yeah, because you're not doing what <laughs> you to You're not throwing
0: do. money at it anymore. Yeah. You're like, nope, this is crazy. I'm out of here. And so now you're the problem. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it becomes gut-wrenching to watch the lunacy, the lies, the manipulation, the confusion of impending squandering of life savings of elderly enablers or of your future inheritance.
0: Yeah all of it was squandered yes. all of it and you know what i didn't have anywhere to go at holidays anymore yes i wasn't invited and i was actually accused of wanting my loved one in jail in the streets uh, abandoned in the grave you know i was when i stopped this lunacy and stopped through i mean we were a quarter of a million dollars into it yeah, we we, we were going to end up in debt for 30 years and yes. not have anything and maybe even end up in bankruptcy if we didn't stop. Yes. Well, you know, the other enablers had money and they were just, you know, running through it and they had money. They weren't going in debt to do this. So after, you know, dozens of rehabs and realizing, OK, he doesn't want it. Yes, I had to step back.
1: It is like watching a train wreck that cannot be stopped.
0: Mm. At this point, your anxiety will match the level of involvement you continue to have with your loved one in substance use disorder and other toxic enablers. So I realized, Josh, that I was extremely anxious if I got in the middle of it. But if I stepped back, I was okay. I didn't have the anxiety.
1: Even if you have no verbal contact, your anxiety may still be remarkably high to decrease and stop the anxiety, you must emotionally detach.
0: Yeah, so we'll do a whole chapter on detachment. Uh,
1: if If there are elderly or unsuspecting honest people being consistently conned, we might keep some contact with them to speak truth and be the voice of reason.
0: And sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't, because they think you're the enemy. So if you just keep calling back and chatting, and maybe you know getting their groceries for them, helping them with their yard, just doing little things, maybe in a few months they'll realize that, oh, wait a minute, she's not the bad one. She's not the one taking all the money. She's not the one with the lies. So it does take some time yes. uh, to not be the primary enabler, and then to help the primary enabler just kind of be that voice of reason. And, Sometimes they won't have it. Sometimes they they don't want to hear it.
1: You must stay emotionally detached and never give them cash to those substance abuse disorders or enablers.
0: So if you give an enabler money to to pay their bills, yeah. well, the reason they don't have money to pay their bills is probably because they gave it away to the one in addiction. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you have to stop giving to them so they stop giving to others. And it's interesting how they'll start... Uh, finagling other enablers in the family and other people and those are the ones we're going to profile
1: if you enable or if you enable or enable an enabler and pay their bills you have just enabled them to continue enabling the individual with the substance use disorder without any consequences.
0: It may take a decade for the prime enabler to be
1: completely bankrupt and lose
0: everything, but this is the path that they are choosing. And even if they're 80 years old, you're gonna have to let them choose it.
1: Yeah, Do not pay off the loans for prime enablers or they will have good credit and get more loans.
0: Yeah, I saw that happen too. I saw uh, uh, an entangled enabler pay off all the credit card stuff, all the 28% loans. And all it did was give her good credit where she could go rack it up again.
1: (laughs) If an elderly enabler is now frail or having signs of dementia and you choose to take them into your home, a no-contact rule must be in place between them and anyone they habitually enable to be irresponsible. Yeah,
0: because if you take an elderly person into your home that maybe brings in $2,000 a month, uh, but they're used to giving away two thousand dollars a month, yeah. plus whatever they borrow on their credit to give away. If you bring them in your home, all they because they've lost everything through their enabling. All you're doing is enabling them to continue giving that money away. So before you bring them in, my advice, and you, you know only you're going to know what advice fits for you, mm-hmm. but you know, if they're elderly, if they're going into dementia, my advice would be to say, no, uh, I take control of your money, we're gonna use your money for you, for your hearing aids, for your glasses, for your doctor's appointments, for your food, for helping out with the rent, or or you can you can figure out what else you'd like to do. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, and, and that's hard, that's hard to set that up with somebody that, that you know thinks they're doing the right thing, even though you can see how devastating it is.
1: Formerly honest enablers may lose their senses and rob other family members and friends. They may also turn a blind eye when their loved ones steal.
0: Mm, So when one in substance use disorder is stealing from them, an enabler is not going to hold them accountable.
1: Yes. Do not loan an enabler money for their bills if they do not have not prepaid, repaid what they previously borrowed from you.
0: Yeah, you must understand that most enablers are as a addicted to enabling as the person in substance use order substance use disorder is to their substance of choice it is the enablers way of attempting to control outcomes
1: the rescuing has become their identity and enablers live in a pseudo reality
0: the enablers toxic relationship with their loved one
1: is an unhealthy
0: love it's it's a toxic sick love
1: enablers are persistent to keep up the appearance of normalcy.
0: So even if they see the lies and the manipulation, they may choose to cover it up and continue making excuses.
1: The level of forgiveness given without any restitution or accountability is amazing.
0: So, Josh, sometimes we need to forgive. Yeah. Uh, we need to not hold that over them. We need to not say, okay, you did
1: this, you did that.
0: but. To give them access to continue to come back and do it again and again is not what forgiveness is about.
1: Yeah, it's forgiving, not forgetting.
0: Well, yeah. And it's also not erasing the slate so they can do it again. Absolutely. You've got to have some sort of accountability set up there. So as an enabler, I couldn't set this up in my own life. I had to turn those decisions for my family over to my husband, who was very kind, but not going to be used. He was not going to let them run over me.
1: They are sacrificing themselves for the loved ones with a substance use disorder and feel it is a noble cause.
0: And you know what? It's their right to do that. If they want to lose their home, lose their car, lose their bank accounts, lose their fine, it's okay. <laughs> if they want to give away all their grocery money and then go to the food bank, it's okay if that's yeah. what they want to do. And, man, that's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And when yeah. you, you know they've worked all their life for this and you see them squandering it for somebody to stay on drugs
1: yes the enabler cannot coddle or bribe their loved one into changing
0: Uh, a lot of times uh, an enabler particularly an elderly one who's not used to what addiction looks like thinks that if you just keep loving them just keep loving them loving them and loving them they're (laughs) going to appreciate it and they're going to change but they don't understand the beast no i mean addiction's a beast i mean wouldn't that loved one love to quit yeah if they could, yeah, but they can't until they go get nah. real help. Yeah, So here we go.
1: Unfortunately, the enabler and their loved one with a substance use disorder both need tough consequences.
0: Woo, <laughs> The enabler and the addict yes. are both sick, and they need consequences. It is difficult to legally prove an enabler with early signs of dementia is being abused. If they have freely given away this money, their money to this person in the previous decade it is especially difficult to prove that they are not acting out of free will they may have hundreds of dollars a day being embezzled from them and the individual with substance use disorder soon preys on that memory loss and uses the same excuse for money the next time they come in the evening as they use that that very morning
1: it may be appropriate with the elderly in early dementia to attempt to contact elder abuse or an attorney to get control over the estate and finances. Hopefully our laws will change and we will be able to place their money in a trust where there will be money left to care for them in case of illness.
0: Yeah, because sometimes they have given so much away that now they're a burden to others and now they're pushing the buggy in the street. Yes. And, and that's rough. Uh, so sometimes you wanna take them down to the homeless shelter and let them serve in the soup kitchen. Now this is where you're gonna go, mama. If yeah. you don't stop, this is where you're gonna, and I'm gonna let you go here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so this is depressing and very devastating for a 70, 70 to 80 year old that loves their family and thinks that that's their responsibility.
1: We need to have the legal power to contact the credit bureau or the elderly will be conned into taking out loans on everything and eventually be unable to meet their payments and lose everything.
0: I saw all of this happen, guys. That's why I, I wrote this. If the money is gone by the second or the third of every month, instruct the enabler where the food pantries are located.
1: If they give their car to the one with the substance use disorder, let them ride a bus or save money for a taxi. Only give them a ride if the com- it is convenient and is something you would have normally done
0: yeah the sooner enabler loses everything and their credit is ruined the sooner they will be forced to stop especially if they cannot hear you
1: do not get things out of the pawn shop or you will need to do it every month if you do retrieve an item out of the pawn shop keep control over it
0: Mink coats and diamond rings end up in pawn shops. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? It's a sad thing, especially when those were very precious things to them in the past. Yes. But that's where they need to go. Because otherwise, next month, they're going back again.
1: Yeah. Sometimes all you can do is prepare your heart for a destitute parent. De-
0: yeah, destitute. Yeah, very parent. poor Parent
1: grandparent or sibling.
0: So if there is domestic violence, child abuse, neglect, or endangerment, seek further counsel. So for yourself, get yourself healthy. Go to support groups. Go to counseling.
1: Learn good boundaries.
0: Learn to say no very, very firmly. And I had to write this no on my hand (laughs) because I said yes when I meant no. (laughs) I was very uh, much of a scapegoat, very much of an enabler, very compassionate, and other people took advantage of that.
1: If the elderly or other enablers become destitute, you can decide how or how not to intervene. Sometimes you have to let go on Medicaid And to a nursing home where they will bring chaos in your home and will continue this enabling by giving all of their pension or Social Security check away and expecting you to care for them financially and physically. I give you permission to say no and place conditions on your finances and on your physical availability to care for them.
0: Wow. This is tough
1: love. It is tough love. (laughs) And these are your choices. Very important word, though, is tough.
0: Yeah, and these are your choices, and only you're going to know what's right. And, you know, when you make a decision like this, it doesn't need to be permanent, it just needs to be until you can understand decide whether or not you want to be financially responsible for somebody who's giving away all their money, yeah. <laughs> uh, who's putting that on you. So that makes you over-responsible and allows the enabler to be under-responsible, just like the addict. So if you take an enabler in your home, they must be accountable to you for their money or find someplace else to live. <laughs> That's tough love.
1: Yeah. Sometimes the elderly enabler will be mild, moderate dementia with mild, moderate dementia needs to be hidden from their loved ones with the active substance abuse disorder.
0: And we've done that before. We hit her for a good six months. Did you? <laughs> we That's, did. Yeah. We did. He couldn't find her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if there are no enablers, you may have an opportunity to intervene with the person with the substance use disorder and to arrange the conf- confinement in prison to sober up and then into re- rehabilitation.
0: And you know, this worked. Before a, for a period of time, it gave it gave her a break, and we were able to get him some help. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, I, you know when they've got dementia, they, they're they really being played. Yeah. And it's hard for them to to figure out how to unravel this mess when the person in front of them is that manipulative.
1: Yeah. If this doesn't work, you may need to leave your loved one in the streets and attempt to intervene to provide rehabilitation opportunity about once a month until he is done with the streets and ready to do the work of recovery this is dangerous and needs to be a last resort with hardcore addiction behaviors a safer option will be to work with the authorities to incarcerate them until he is ready to work a recovery plan
0: so several times when my loved one was arrested we we would just we'd already have a rehab set up that would take him because his charges were you know were drugs and we would uh, ask the court, can you remandate him to this place to do this program for this many months, and if he finishes, um, he doesn't have to go back. But at any time that he would leave, he's got to finish his sentence, which would, of course, would be a greater amount of time. And, you know, they were willing to do it every time. Yes. Every time. But it wasn't violent offenses. It was um, it was just drugs. Drug-related yes, stuff. Yes, and they needed help more than what they were going to get in prison. And, yeah. and the prison systems overwhelmed overloaded so as a family member if you you know when they go to jail don't bail them out no they no. need to sit yes and if they could have the consequence of a rehab
1: yeah
0: man that'd be a good thing yes and now, not that it will stick the first time especially if they're a severe addict yeah. and started at a young age but it will be a good little point for them to start learning what recovery looks like and maybe they'll choose it in the in the next uh avenue of their life
1: the cost of stopping your participation in this lunacy may be relationships with your mother father step-parent siblings children spouse etc stand firm you can you can get one or two loved ones to stop enabling the other may learn quicker mm-hmm.
0: yeah sometimes you have to just figure out which ones can hear you and work with them so at the very least you can have your life back you can turn your focus on to uh, your children, your other children, your friends, and the other loved ones who have been neglected. And what I realized is that I poured more energy into one child than I did the other three combined. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the one with substance use disorder is always going to call and be nice and sweet and pleasant and helpless whenever they're trying to con their main primary enabler. And if you say no, then they're going to play the victim. And now they're going to wreak havoc. <laughs> they may even triangulate. They may even.
1: Uh, thra- blame.
0: Yeah, threaten suicide, that type stuff, to try to convince you that they really need some help. And if you continue to say no, you may see a different person. Yeah. You may see a bully, a belligerent person, argumentative, a thief, a slanderer. So the reason you may say yes is so that you don't see this because you've seen it before. And then, uh, if you back up once you're gonna you're gonna get it again and again. So you may have to put up legal boundaries with this person. Um, so they may not stop until they land in
1: prison. Yes. So protect your identity or it could be stolen as payback.
0: Ee. <laughs> and so we're gonna talk about the different enablers now and what each one of them looks like. A prime enabler.
1: Obsessed with their loved one with the substance use disorder and how to rescue them from the consequences of poor choices.
0: Yeah, and every time you talk to them, that's all they're going to talk about. They're not going to ask you how you're doing. They're going to basically talk about the problems of the other person. So then they have passive-aggressive behaviors, and then they may manipulate Uh, other people to help to be co-enablers. They may praise you if you do the enabling, but if you don't, they'll rail you. They might bribe you for good behaviors. They may blame you for the other person's problems. Uh, They may lie. (laughs) They may be very sneaky and secretive financially, they could have very unstable boundaries, they could trust money to fix their problems, and they may desire to stop enabling but they are relationally controlled by the one with substance use disorder. So enablers will keep others on the hook to help enable the person with substance use disorder. These are relationships where the enabler uses and abuses others to benefit their loved one. They claim that they are being abused by you when you stop enabling them. So when the enabler is bankrupt, they may blame you, they may blame a spouse, they may prey on other innocent family members until other ones are are bankrupt also. And I also saw this, there was a couple of them that went bankrupt trying to help each other, help the addict. So blaming others is a very honed skill. And it's very, it's chaos, it's confusion. And when they can cast chaos and confusion in there, you really can't tell who's to blame. What you gotta do is just get out of their crosshairs. So the person's life is characterized by cyclical confusion, a denial of the root issues. Love them from a distance. Love them with your head, Josh. And not your heart. Because if you love them with your heart, man, you're going to get stabbed over and over again. So enabler cuts off anyone that does not help them enable. And they may completely be convinced that what they are doing is wrong and swear that they'll never do it again. But they don't have a backbone and they're going to do it again if they don't go get help. So have your enablers, whether it's you or whether it's somebody else, go get help. So the primary co-enabler, let's see what they look like. This could be
1: a spouse parent, step-parent, gr- grandparent, adult child, sibling, domestic partner, etc. This unhealth- unhealthy relationship allows the prime enabler to play the victim with others in the family by claiming some of the other co-enablers are greedy, controlling, and do not love the one with the substance use disorder and will not care for their needs. I'll Albeit. Albeit. <laughs> Albeit. The financial support is going for drugs and the primary co-enabler is usually very aware of this scenario. The primary enabler and primary co-enablers have great conflict. This sets the stage for sympathetic enablers to feel sympathy towards the enabler. The co-enabler may also have addiction issues. They can be functional and able to work or manage finances. Often they will escalate conflict so they have an excuse to use their substance of choice usually this is a socially acceptable substance like prescription pills or alcohol.
0: Wow, so if you're a co-enabler and you're using, uh, overusing prescription pills, you're overusing alcohol and you're a functional ad- addict, uh, this is gonna be total chaos for you. Yes. So you do not see that you have your issues too. So as a co-enabler, I want you to start looking at your issues, your passive aggressiveness, can, you can be very responsible at times and then you can be very irresponsible, you can perpetuate multiple conflicts so that you can go use your prescription drugs or your alcohol and in, in, because you have a home or a job you don't feel like you're as bad as the one that's in severe addiction in the streets. So we got to look, each one of us, each one of us in this scenario, in this family is sick. Each one of us has to look at ourselves and look at our own problems. If not, guilt will drive us to help others. (laughs) And often the primary enabler is very good (laughs) at keeping the peace and showing support and taking money from other ones (laughs) that are around in the family. So I want you to wholeheartedly work on yourself yourself. I don't want you to enable the enabler to keep enabling those in active addiction. Instead, uh, get them counseling. You know, if you're giving them money anyway, pay the counselor. Uh, Pay for, take them to the Al Anon groups, to the codependency groups, that type stuff.
1: Take them to church. Take them to
0: church. (laughs) They are relationally dependent and not strong enough to walk away. So if you're in a battle, a co-enabler and enabler are living together and you know there's a lot of conflict because the addict keeps coming in taking the money then you're going to have sympathetic enablers where the primary enabler acts like they're a victim <laughs> so let's go through here josh
1: believe everything the primary enabler says defends the primary primary enabler takes pity on the primary enabler because the primary enabler plays the like they are abused and used mm. they ha- may have distressful financial consequences. The primary enabler is compelled to rescue and assume responsibility for the one with the substance use disorder and the sympathetic enabler frequently does not seem to understand the depth of his behavior, tries to keep up with the primary enabler's doctor and rental bills, may even make sure their wants are supplied eating out, hair dye, and other comfort items. May buy flowers and little gifts to comfort the primary enabler and cheer them up.
0: So when a primary enabler does not get their fix to be able enable to be able to enable their one in active substance use disorder, they're going to play a victim. Yes <laughs> They're going to believe that if they just had money to help this one one more time, so the primary enabler will set up offenses between co-enablers and sympathetic enablers so they can't talk. And they can't figure out what's going on. And they'll cast confusion. It's very much like an addiction. It is addiction. It is. So, you know, sometimes we're just sick. As enablers, we're just as sick as those in addiction. So sometimes we got to step back to get out of the chaos so that we can see what's going on. Otherwise, we got the hard luck stories that's gonna look like a Hollywood movie. The primary enabler is never confronted and challenged to admit their dysfunctional behaviors. And maybe they're the matriarch or the patriarch or the family and nobody nobody confronts them. Yeah. So let's see what it looks like to be an entangled enabler.
1: Is one who has completely ceased to participate in enabling activities but is still relationally connected with the prime enabler needs to be aware of the primary enabler and the one with the substance use disorder may plot to ruin them. If you choose to stay, prepare yourselves. They may call the police and falsify or exaggerate domestic violence reports, hurt themselves and say you did (laughs) it.
0: I've seen all these. Rob
1: your financial accounts, (laughs) steal Mm -hmm. your car, pawn your multi-generational coin collection of tools and then blame you. (laughs) Give away all your belongings to flea market dealers for a couple hundred dollars. Sell your 2000 television for $100 while you are out of town. Act sweet one moment and be a snake to you the next. (laughs) Accuse you of abusing them when you are confronting them about their dysfunctional behaviors. Blame you for the person with the substance use disorder problems. Poison your food or drink.
0: And I've seen it all. (laughs) I've seen it all, Josh. It's crazy. So, and a detached enabler. Let's see what a detached enabler looks like.
1: Continues attempting to support the other co-enablers, is emotionally detached from the one with the substance use disorder and the primary enabler and is recovering, has begun participating, practicing healthy boundaries and developing healthy relationships, usually has been an enabler and has done several years of recovery work, sees the issues and the d- dysfunction clearly, motive for the staying connected and to co-enablers is to assist them in recovery
0: so I become when I become a detached enabler buddy I was working on me I was working on me working on me trying to get out of this mess and then trying to get the other ones out so that they could see what was going on so if you stay involved with co-enablers who refuse to disentangle from the toxic relationships you're likely uh, to have more emotional trauma um, more um, dysfunctional experiences in your life. So the primary enabler is obsessed with the one with substance use disorder. And now they're going to bring in unsuspecting co-enablers. So just read the names.
1: Doctors, lawyers, insurance companies, police.
0: Yeah, they're going to falsify reports. (laughs) Probation officers. Yeah, they might convince them that it really was not what they thought.
1: (laughs) Child support authorities. Yep,
0: yep. I'm sure he paid that.
1: (laughs) Court authorities.
0: Yep. And then they're going to go to court with them and post bail.
1: Magistrates and judges. They're
0: going to convince them that just the four months of rehab was uh, sufficient. They didn't need 12 months. Mm.
1: Employees. <laughs> you
0: can get them false references. Banks. They're going to cover those those bad checks.
1: Credit card companies. They're going
0: to say, no, nah, I don't know who stole that credit card.
1: <laughs> Neighbors. <laughs> then
0: they're going to coerce them to give them transportation.
1: Sunday school friends. They're going to go
0: in the middle of the night and borrow emergency money.
1: Benevolence fund from the church.
0: Somebody's dying and we need help right away.
1: <laughs> new lovers.
0: You know, so they're going to help them get new lovers in. They're going to prop them up, look, make them look pretty, get them in a new car. And, and then they're going to bring in other people to help them enable this person. Yes. I mean, I'm telling you, my family was the sickest of the sick. Yeah. <laughs> but if it wasn't, I would not have been able to have written this book. So don't provide for the primary enabler. Don't provide for the one in addiction, heavy addiction, active addiction. That's a war zone. No recovery. There is no recovery if there's no accountability for the past and future behaviors. These are painful relationships to even watch from a distance. So, Josh... Uh, we've got the primary enabler, the primary co-enabler, the sympathetic enablers, the entangled enablers, the detached enablers, and the unsuspecting enablers. And this all falls apart if the primary enabler just stops. Yes. Because they're the ones keeping the one with active substance use disorder propped up. So this was Chapter 2 of An Enabler's Journey, A Christian Perspective, and this is The Rocker Recovery.
1: And this is Josh Bond. And
0: this is Angie Meadows, and we'll see you for Chapter 3 next time.